Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here for Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow. Chad is flying by, as usual, on a Wednesday. Coasting. Coasting at this point, Hutton. Jim Williams, the uh, media consultant for college football. He joins us coming up in 20 minutes. Right now, we lead off hour number two with Clay Travis, founder and president of Outkick, outkick.com, and the YouTube channel, if you're watching, we hope you'll subscribe to. Clay, hope you're doing well, man. Doing well. How are y'all? Doing great. So Matt Ariza looks like he's going to get a second chance. He's got to work out with the New York Jets, Clay. But that doesn't take away the time missed because of what appears to be a false accusation against him. Um, I guess what's next for Matt Ariza? And how can we ever get to a place where these types of things happen less? Yeah, what I argued... um is I think there are a lot of things that, that should happen. Um, but in this situation, um, I think we have to start charging uh, women or men, because it could be a gay relationship, right, uh, who make uh, fake sexual assault uh, allegations, right? Um, and I think the person who is proven to have lied uh, based on the investigation should face charges that are similar in time uh, behind bars that someone that you accuse of rape would face. Uh, that's one, right? Um, two, I actually think we have rape shield laws. Um, and that means that if you accuse someone of rape, your name is not shared publicly. Um, and you know, the, the logic behind that is that there uh, is a stigma associated with being a victim of sexual assault and the rape shield law makes it more likely that people are going to come forward. Um, so let's just focus on the stigma. Uh, that seems to be a societal decision that, that does make sense. There's also a big stigma in being accused of rape. So if we're not going to name the person who is raped, why would we name the rape accuser, uh, the person being accused of rape, right, uh, the, the alleged felon, before they're actually convicted? Um, I, I think there's actually an argument to be made that if you're accused of sexual assault until you're convicted, your name should not be publicly discussed either. Um, and, and so those would be a couple of things that I think uh, would be uh, significant because it's hard to unring the bell of the accusation itself. Um, in other words, I bet there's way more people who saw the story of Matt Areza accused of gang rape than if seen the vindication. Um, and, uh, and, and that's the case for a lot of cases. Uh, but, uh, but that would be, you know, two things that to me make sense in this particular situation. Play Travis with us here on Outkick. Um, Chad and I were discussing this earlier. If you're a punter, Clay, and you're Matt Ariza, do you go to the worst offense in the NFL or the best? I go to whoever's offering me the most money, uh, the most guaranteed money. I don't, I don't care about <laughs> Well, let's just say all things are equal, but the bonuses are based on your performance. I mean, he went to Buffalo initially, and I, I thought, what, 
great. The punt god is going to a team that never punts. Now he's working out for the Jets yeah. and Aaron Rodgers. Like, would you rather play for the Texans or the Jets? Uh, again, you're assuming that all the money is the same. Yes. I would go to whoever gave me the most guaranteed money if I were a punter. Um, I'd rather be on a team that wins. Um, okay. I mean, I understand that you know you may get more opportunities to punt on a bad team, uh, but it's not that much fun to be on a bad team, uh, <laughs> no, even not. if you're having individual individual success. Uh, it kind of sucks to be on a team that's going three and fourteen, or you know, four and uh, whatever the math is, four and thirteen now uh, every year. So uh, I would rather be on the good team. Um, and uh, yes, you may get less opportunities, but your opportunities matter more in terms of winning a game which is the ultimate goal. So I would take the most money, one, uh, and most years guaranteed, all that. And then two, um, I would rather be on a good team than a bad team, even though I might get to punt less. But So I, I see the Jets headline, and that's great. But the Bills brought in Ariza. They, they let him go based on everything that was alleged. Shouldn't the Bills be at the front of the line to bring him back? Yeah, I would um, if if I were running the bull, uh, the bills. Now, there's obviously complications associated with salary cap. I don't know what their situation is at punter right now. Did they guarantee money to somebody else? Is that job now filled? Um, it, you know, all things being equal, if I ran the bills, then yes, I would be uh, you know moving as expeditiously as I could to try to bring him back in what would be, in many ways, I think, a public apology as well. Uh, by signing him and bringing him back to the team. So, Clay, you know, the NFL recently decided because of money that they're going to flex in and flex out some Thursday night games and move teams and possibly give them two Thursday night games, which none of the players or coaches want. They, they hate it, but they do it because they're getting a billion dollars a year from Prime Video. Meanwhile, the Big Ten is being held up by Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, some of their premier programs, saying they don't want to play at night in November. Uh, when there's night playoff games at Lambeau Field in Green Bay, and this is a big problem with NBC, who recently bought a primetime Big Ten game as part of their package, expecting night big-time games in the Big Ten. Am I crazy to think that this is a ridiculous stance and very old school by the Big Ten to try to hold this up because they don't want to host night games in November? I think it's probably just a communication issue, right? That the school's somehow did not communicate to the coaches that this was potentially going to be an aspect associated with this deal. And that's a failure. You know, what's the famous phrase? What we have here is a failure to communicate. Um, ultimately the, the money's going to dictate, right? Like you take money and in exchange you provide a service and that service can include playing games when you otherwise might choose not to. Uh, I think I saw, if I'm not mistaken, that Penn State and Michigan State are now playing a neutral site game on Black uh, Friday. On a Friday. Yes. On Black Friday. Yeah, yeah, on Black Friday. Yeah, in Detroit's Ford Field. Um, and that's because television, way more people will watch that game. I think it's smart, right, on a Friday uh, than might watch it on another day of the week. Um, and that means that you may have to make a choice that might not be the most ideal. Uh, for uh, as a result of that. And, uh, you know, when you take the money, I think it's hard to argue. Like, this was my John Moran argument, right? Uh, when you get paid $200 million, the uh, expected behavior that you might be, uh, that you might be held to is going to be higher than it would be if you didn't take the $200 million, right? And so I think it's hard to, hard to complain. And I think most people out there understand, and I suspect that it'll get worked out. 
Um, I think one of the complexities was you talk about a failure to communicate, at least in the reporting that I saw, that uh, that somehow NBC got a Big Ten title game promised to them, which they didn't actually have <laughs> to get promised to, uh, which seems like a real it's big a, failure, big right? One. So I think Fox, yeah. I think Fox was going to have to get paid like $40 million as a way of uh, compensating them, I think, for the 2026 Big Ten title game. Um, but that is, uh, I, I, I don't pretend to know all the details associated with that, uh, but that seems like that was a big miscommunication that that was allowed to happen. Blake Travis with us here on Outkick. Um, John Morant, you brought him up briefly there, but the Instagram story that he posts, he ends it by saying bye, but... He, he said something, uh, love you, mom and dad and and baby girl. And then he says, bye. Police do a welfare check on him. At what point, Clay, does the conversation go from John ja Morant superstar to John ja Morant doesn't want this hype behind everything and he actually needs real help? D- does the conversation yeah, with him I, need there, to be reframed? I'm there already. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm there already. I mean, I just talked about this on Outkick the show. So big picture. Let's take it away from John Moran. 30% of teenage girls have thought about committing suicide in the last year, according to a recent survey. Um, the CDC just came out and said that social media is a toxic uh, impact on your average young person. Um, I think that John Moran is actually a representative sample of young people in America today And I think social media, um, in particular, I would say Instagram, um, I think, I'm not an expert, but I think it is making people who are super young really, really profoundly unhappy. And I use that phrase profoundly unhappy because Adam Silver said that many NBA players are profoundly unhappy in life. And you sit around and you think, okay, if I were in my 20s and if I made tens of millions of dollars a year, Uh, to play basketball, it seems to me very difficult that I could ever be unhappy. Um, But I think that what is going on to a large extent is, first of all, money doesn't make you happy. Uh, Some money does help, right? But uh, the data reflects that if you suddenly went out and won the lottery and you had $100 million, that if you're not happy before, the money is not ultimately going to make you more happy, right? Now, there is a certain level, uh, you know, the, the data reflects that if you suddenly, you know, start making, if you're making no money and you suddenly have $75,000 a year and you can take care of food and, and shelter and all those things, it does matter. Uh, but money moving forward does not dictate happiness. So I, I look at this and I say, man, John Moran is just actually a representative sample of so many young people in America who are profoundly unhappy. Uh, and, and I think a lot of it is rooted based on the data in social media. I think he's probably sitting around reading the comments that people are making about him. Um, I think he's probably reading a lot of the articles and everything else. And he is, uh, and this is me just, you know, projecting here. Everybody thinks that they would turn into LeBron James or Leonardo DiCaprio, right? When you are super famous at 18 or 19 years old, Everybody thinks, oh, oh, I would have turned into Leonardo DiCaprio. I'd be the best actor of my generation. Or I would turn into LeBron James and be the best basketball player of the generation. What actually happened to uh, River Phoenix and, uh, and Lindsay Lohan on some level and Heath Ledger is actually, I think, far more common, which is fame becomes destructive. 
And I feel very fortunate that I grew up in an era. I didn't have a computer at home. Like I didn't have the internet. Um, and I got all the way to adulthood before I had an email address. And so I feel like my age, and I know you guys are kind of roughly akin to me. Like I wasn't so old that I'm like, I have no idea how the internet happens, how the internet works. But I was old enough that I was a full grown adult before I ever spent any time on social media. And I think about this a lot as a parent. And, uh, and to me, John Morant is representative of, uh, of his generation and how toxic social media can be to overall happiness um, and, uh, and mental health. And, and I find it to be just you know, an illustrative example of how I think he's 23 and I think he's got a $200 million contract. And by the way, he's got a mom and dad and like what appears to be a supportive family around him. And yet I feel like this, this guy is profoundly unhappy and maybe even contemplating doing physical harm to himself. And I think he's probably, there's probably a lot more people like him, but I think it goes to the point of even with all of those incredible things, not to mention, obviously the fabulous athletic talents that he has, he doesn't seem to be a happy guy. And I think that probably goes to the people that he's surrounding himself with. uh, The fact that he is in some way not comfortable in his own skin. Totally agree. And uh, so suicide is the second leading cause of death for, for anyone 10 to 15 and 20 to 34. So keep that in mind. Yeah, it's scary. It really is. And with that in mind though, Clay, if you're Adam Silver, if you're any league and you're handing down a suspension, I, I think we're all looking for, okay, how long is John ja Morant going to be suspended? For me, it's more than that. It's okay, He's suspended, but while he's not with the team or with the league, what is it on the league to make sure this guy gets on the right path? Or is it up to John ja Morant and people around him? Because the people around him helped him get to where he is, and now those people work for him because he is... The, he's their payday, and, and I, I think that gets lost in the in the the headline and the stories of everything that has gone on over the last twelve months or so. Well, ultimately, everybody's responsible for themselves, right? So, John yes. Morant is going to be responsible for John Morant. His parents aren't responsible for him. Uh, the Grizzlies aren't responsible for him. I mean, he's a grown man. He's twenty three years old. He's a fully functioning adult. Um, he's responsible for himself. But I think it's a valid question to ask. Um, what is occurring that is making him uh, a more productive version of himself? And does, I mean, this is what I would be asking if I'm the Grizz, does suspending him for 20 games make him a more productive version of himself? Well, you tried that. You suspended him for whatever the number was that he missed at the end of the year, and then eight games, and then he comes back and he does basically the same thing all over again. Okay, maybe suspension is not the answer. That would be the way that I would look at it. Now, it doesn't mean there shouldn't be consequences for actions, uh, but ultimately the goal of the Grizzlies is for John Morant to be one of the best basketball players of his generation. That's the investment that they have made in him. On the court, he has the physical ability. What mentally is presenting challenges there? Uh, those would be the questions, the kind of questions that I'm asking if I'm, if I'm a team owner or team executive. Clay, so uh, ESPN ABC's Mark Jackson leaves Nikola Jokic off his top five list of uh, MVP voting at the end of the season. He says honest mistake, oversight, says that he did it by position and that obviously he's one of the top five players in the league. Charles Barkley, before he knew who it was that did this, said that person should lose their voting privilege. 
Um, do you buy Mark Jackson's explanation, or do you think that some sort of bias or prejudice was at play, either fully realized or subconsciously, by Mark Jackson when he placed that vote? I wouldn't want the vote. So let me start with that. As a media member, I don't know, uh, and Mark Jackson is a media member, I don't know what you gain by voting in an award like this, right? Like, um, because I would be afraid that I would forget someone that matters, right? Like, so if you just ask me off the top of your head, hey, name the seven or eight best quarterbacks in the NFL in order one to eight, that would be hard for me to do. Uh, I think I could do it in order one to eight and not forget somebody. But I would be concerned as I was doing that, oh, my God, did I forget, you know, Josh Allen, right? Or whoever it could be. Well, luckily that's not how they do the MVP uh, vote. They give you time to prepare it it. and write it out. But but most people uh, are busy and have like a billion things going on in their life. I don't want the added responsibility if I'm Mark Jackson of voting for MVP. Now, you can say he should have spent more time, just do a Google search. I can see his argument if it's true and he just rated the five people he thought were the best at every position. Um, and so I presume he had Embiid as the best center, and so he didn't put uh, Jokic down as one of his finalists. Like, whatever. Um, I, I'm willing to buy into, uh, into the argument, uh, but, but to me it just goes back to the people who vote um, for any award in sports. I think, wasn't there a controversy a couple of years ago or maybe even last year with Maria Taylor leaving somebody off that was kind of indefensible. Like maybe she left Anthony Davis. You can Google it and look it up. These stories, when the ballots come out, regularly occur. And it's not just this sport, by the way. I wouldn't want to be responsible if I'm a coach for ranking the top 10 teams in college football, right? Like when you are in some way involved in the sport itself, uh, I wouldn't want, and Mark Jackson obviously is as a color analyst, I wouldn't want the uh, the responsibility here. So I'm inclined to believe it was accidental. Um, I don't think there was any malice intended here, but it's probably something that Mark Jackson was, you know, uh, has a billion things going on, and he dashes off his MVP award, and he doesn't spend much time thinking about it, um, and that's the result. You're right. It was Marie Taylor on Anthony Davis back in 2020 on the All-NBA team, and some writer for yeah. the Lakers pointed this out. Um, and I haven't read this story. I didn't even know about this. Um, but yeah, it was a big controversy. You got because, it right. You know, the idea of leaving AD off was first, pretty indefensible. For, first based or on all second team, either team. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So she blew it, right? Like she blew it on her ballot. But why, if I'm Maria Taylor or Mark Jackson, do I want the responsibility of, you know, I wouldn't want the responsibility right now of, you know, I watch a ton of college football. I wouldn't want uh, the responsibility necessarily of, uh, of, you know, determining who the all American should be in college football, because I think there's a decent chance that, that I could make that mistake. Like, um, so anyway, uh, I, I just think, uh, unless you're going all in on the time that you're going to spend to, to analyze this, um, I, I think that's something that I would prefer not to have. Clay, appreciate it, man. Uh, uh great chat today and, uh, we'll catch up soon. All right, keep up the good work. See y'all. Thanks, Clay. Clay Travis. I agree with him, by the way. I I lean more towards he just made a huge mistake. I I I think so too. I yeah. I don't think you don't um, fall on the sword that way. Yeah, you you go more Kendrick Perkins than you do. He he would fight it more if he really had some bias involved in it or prejudice. I just think he made an honestly dumb mistake. and, And the difference is, unlike Maria Taylor that I'm reading here, 
where a writer points this out, Mark Jackson admitted to being the person yeah. who left off Jokic. Raised his hand. And that's why I believe him. Because he, he brought forward the fact and, and fell on the sword in the same interview. Yeah. That, that's why it's believable. Coming up, it's unbelievable, Chad, that the Big Ten has this media rights deal that apparently is only like a memorandum of understanding and there are details that have not yet been decided upon. We hit the expert uh, when we come back. Jim Williams joins us next on Hot Mike. Chad, I'm sure you're like me. I raised an eyebrow when I saw the headline over the weekend about the Big Ten and the media rights deal. That right. it was done, but not done. Yeah, thing. ESPN with the story. It was lengthy, but very detailed. Um, I believe the term was horse trading. Horse What's trading. going on? Yes. Um, hurdles need to, need to be worked out between the Big Ten and everyone. It feels like every network's carrying their games. CBS, Fox, and NBC. Jim Williams joins us, who has negotiated... Uh, Things like this in the past. Emmy award-winning Jim Williams uh, joins us, host of Stream On. You can check that out on the podcast. Jim, thank you for the time. Did you raise the same eyebrow like Chad and I did, or is this par for the course? Is there nothing to get over, you know, overhyped about here? I think that what we have here is really just, uh, first of all, yeah, it was like when Pete's article came out, it was a little like, okay. Um, what the hell? Um, but it's not uncommon to do a deal and, and it not, you know, every, you know, I is dotted and T is crossed. Okay. That part of it is, is not the problem. The problem here, I think, and I don't think I'm speaking out of school is that I believe that the commissioner at the time, Kevin Warren probably felt that he had the, um, authority to do some things which clearly he didn't have the authority to do and you know that's not me throwing shade at kevin warren that's simply you know him assuming things which clearly um ended up being wrong one being his ability to give away a championship game um not necessarily his permission to do uh also uh not checking with Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, some of the big brand names about their thoughts of playing, uh, you know, late November uh, football, which I can attest as I used to direct a Big Ten football. Um, it can be a bit, you know, difficult during uh, those months. So I, I, these are not problems that I think that cannot be overcome. However, uh, I, it's going to cost uh, the Big Ten money. Jim, I'm curious. Uh, so Kevin Warren signs off on this, not having the authority to do so. Did the network well, did the did the networks know he didn't, or did they assume he did? Because it, I'm watching a, I'm watching the Kentucky Derby, and I'm watching NBC run a promo for Big Ten Saturday Night, and it looked great. And I'm not thinking yeah. that the I, I thought I thought the deal was done a year ago. Yeah, remember Kevin can't sign, or he couldn't sign anything that the presidents didn't sign off on okay yes so so you, you know the grant that's the whole 
holy grail of grant of rights, right? You can't sign, you can't do a, a deal as, as a commissioner and not have the grant of rights signed. Okay. So, so in essence, what happened was presidents did this. So there's complicity here from Kevin Warren down the line. It's not just Kevin Warren's fault. It's people not paying attention to detail. And, you know, that, that is probably where the, you know, the, the rubber hits the road here on this is that not everybody who was supposed to, you know, keep their eye on the ball, kept their eye on the ball. And uh, when you start, you know, these contracts, there's like a two or a three page sheet. Okay. And that's where we say, this is what you get. This is what, you know, we, you're going to give us X amount of dollars for this. Okay. Now you've got three and you, you said that uh, in the, in the, in the open just a minute ago, you got CBS, you got Fox and you got NBC. So you got Fox is not the early window. You've got CBS at the three thirty window and you've got primetime goes to NBC. Uh, who gets the primetime game, meaning who gets the prime game on that day? And, you know, uh, that's negotiated out as well. So there's a lot of, of, of things here. I think that the CBS and the Fox aspect of it uh, is, is buttoned down. But um, the NBC, when they talk about horse trading, what that simply means is, did, you know, did NBC, for the money that they put up, get what they thought they were getting? And clearly, I don't think they did. Otherwise, it wouldn't be horse trading. You know, we can't get inside people's minds and know their intentions and motivations and all that. But to me, outside looking in, it is peculiar that Kevin Warren clearly knew he was about to move on to another opportunity. And this was kind of his legacy play with the Big Ten, was this monumental media rights deal that he signed over. So... One could then assume maybe there were some corners cut and some promises made or some things that were he couldn't deliver on that was put out there in order to get this thing done before he left so he could have the legacy and leave his legacy with the Big Ten. If you're Tony Patetti now coming in, trying to tie this thing back up together and you're kind of the new sheriff in town in a deal like this, Jim, how tough yeah. is that to be in that spot where naturally you're going to appear to be not as amenable and kind of the bad guy to these networks because you're the heavy that has to come in and say everything the previous commissioner promised you, he couldn't promise you all those things. Mm -hmm. Here's what we can actually do. Well, they're lucky, okay, because Tony Petiti is one of the best. Uh, he's a former CBS guy. Uh, he's the guy who... Uh, um, he's the guy who created the uh, the March Madness aspect of the Turner deal where CBS and Turner do the games together. So in that regard, he's a TV guy. So he understands what is important to NBC. He is probably one of the perfect guys to uh, sort this out. He started the uh, uh, MLB network. He uh, He has had... Uh, he, he's been working for baseball basically as their lawyer, he wrote, you know, from that standpoint. So he understands how to, to do deals both in television and, and also from the college ranks. So um, they couldn't have a better person in there. And, and so I do think, what does this mean? Well, what this means 
You know, you guys know the SEC situation, you know what they're getting from ESPN. Probably what this means at the end of the day is that that, that deal, which, you know, was, um, you know, people were touting it as you know, high as $100 million, is probably going to be closer to the SEC deal and maybe, you know, $65, 70000000 million and not that $100 million that, um, that everybody was running around and high-fiving each other for. So um, is it a monumental mistake? Not necessarily, but it is a, it's an embarrassment to uh, the conference. And uh, it certainly is not something that I believe they wanted to see from an optics standpoint. Um, and again, they still have some things to do. They have to talk Ohio State. They have to talk Michigan. They have to talk Penn State. They have to talk these people into playing games, you know, uh, in prime time. Uh, and um, and I and I think you know they'll be able to figure it out, but it's a messy situation and one that you know they probably could have avoided, but you know they're in it now. They're in the soup, and you know getting out of it's uh, going to cost them. Jim Williams with us here on Outkick. He is the host of Stream On. Is there any update on the Pac-12? And <laughs> based on what the last time you joined us, we were discussing the media rights deal and the negotiations there. Is there anything on the horizon for them, or is anything we see simply just coloring between the lines on what we know is inevitable, which is they're not going to reach their goal? I here's what I here's the deal. Okay, I I think that it's kind of like as Oregon and Washington go, so goes the conference. If they can hold Oregon and Washington there, then there isn't any reason for Arizona, Colorado, and these other guys to jump. I believe that a TV deal worth $25 million with 50% of it being on linear television is the deal. Now, I know that they can get that money from Apple. Apple TV will front that money in a heartbeat. And some people will say, well, they're overpaying. Well, not, not necessarily. 25 per school? Why, 25 million per school? Yes, from Apple? I'm sorry. I should, have, I should have been clear on that. My, my, my mistake. No, it's all, it's all good. But that's, that's what you know is from Apple. Not, not that I, I don't know that, but I assume that they would pay that much. Okay. And here's the theory of the case on that. The theory of the case on why is that think of it, guys, as, you know, me doing a, a proof of concept. Okay. I want to prove to other conferences, other leagues, other people that I can do, you know, this heavy lift of doing 800 events because people get hung up on the football. It's, yeah, it's football, but it's 800 events over the course of an entire year that range from everything from football to field hockey, okay? So there's a ton that goes with it. That's why they call it tonnage of program. So uh, at this point, I think that 25 million and 50% linear would keep the conference together. Now, if they can get to that, um, if they can get north of it, that's fantastic. If they get south of it, I don't know whether that's gonna be enough uh, right now. Oregon and Washington may want to join the Big Ten. Guess what? They're not getting they're not getting an invite yet. 
and I guarantee you from the people I've spoken to that that invite's not going to come at least for a couple of years because they want to see how the um, experiment, if you will, with USC and UCLA go. So, you know, you can want something. I mean, you and I may want a Ferrari. That doesn't mean we're going to get it. And, you know, I wanted an invite to the Big Ten. We don't know if they're going to get it. And there's been some conversation that maybe, just maybe, they're going to wait, meaning the Big Ten, may just wait out the five or six years of their contract to see what happens with the ACC. Because you guys, they're on the, you know, in the SEC in Nashville, you know the ACC is around the corner there. Right. And they got problems. So there might be some teams that they are interested in bringing in from, from that conference. So, you know, there's one of the benefits of being an SEC or, or a Big Ten, right, is you've got the luxury of time. Chad, and the luxury of time. Chad, last year, the Pac-12 per university, $37 million on their media rights deal. And that's what they're trying. They're, they're, they're hoping for 31. Yeah, mm-hmm. and look, when you see a story like at Washington State, where they've mm-hmm. got the hiring freeze on and all this going on. I can't help but to look at that, Jim, and think this is just gross mismanagement by Washington State that they're trying to cover with, well, we're, we're now suffering because the Pac-12 is bad and not us. Well, not every other Pac-12 program <laughs> is doing this the way Washington State is. What's your initial reaction when you see a story like that? Well, look, there's only about 25 schools in the country that make money off of college sports. Okay. And to be fair, they're not, they're college sports is not set up to make money. It's, it's a nonprofit situation. The key is not how much money do you want, not want to lose. Um, Mismanagement at Washington state, you could go down a list of a ton of people in that conference and other conferences where they've mismanaged their, their money. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I guess I'm not surprised, I guess would be the best way of putting it, uh, that, that that happens. Because, frankly, um, you know, everybody's in an arms race, right? I've got to have a $70 million um, fitness center for, my, for the football team. I've got to have, you know, uh, the stadium has to be expanded. I've got to have this, that, and the other. Well, you know, at times, somebody's going to have to pay that bill. And, um, you know, that's the problem that uh, Washington State has. And as I said before, it's not an uncommon problem. Shifting into pro sports, just for one question here. When you look at the demise of of the regional sports network, NBA, Mm -hmm. Major League Baseball, NHL affected with this, do you see one area that they need to focus? For instance, Major League Baseball should take their broadcast inside and Major League Baseball should produce it and find a way to do it. Is it a one-size-fits-all thing or problem, Jim? Or do you see it as market-to-market, there's going to be different solutions as to the next carrier for all of these games? Yeah, I think that we're going to see a market-to-market situation. Uh, You might find – we'll take take Houston, for an example. Uh, You could see the Rockets and the Astros go together on potentially – developing their own, you know, uh, direct-to-consumer, you know, partnership. Uh, Major League Baseball uh, wants those those, uh, rights back because what they could do with that 
is kind of like what the uh, MLS does. And that is they can offer a direction consumer product, which gives you your home games. You know, right now you can get extra innings, but it doesn't give you your home games. So they could, you know, offer that. So I think it is going to be that. And I think we're going to actually go back to some of the good old days where you're going to see some of these games on broadcast television in your local market. Um, you know, so, so yeah, I think it's going to be a one size doesn't fit all in, in the baseball because what we have here is a lot of content. Baseball's got 162 games. And so you've got, um, you know, maybe you have 35 or 40 on on local broadcast TV and the rest of it will be on a direct consumer situation where you buy it yourself. And, uh, you know, I think that's where we're headed, probably not just in major league baseball, but likely the same in, uh, you know, in basketball and hockey and, uh, and like. Jim Williams has been our guest. He's the host of stream on Emmy award winning uh, host of stream on plus uh, media consultant extraordinaire. Jim, thank you for the perspective. Uh, appreciate the visit, and we'll do it again soon. Uh, it's always a pleasure joining you guys. Have fun, and uh, say hello to all my friends in Nashville. It's a great city. Will do, Jim. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. There, there's well, Jim Williams. Um, Chad, what do you make of the $25 million Apple thing? He's he's saying yeah, Apple would pay it, meaning he knows that. that I, that's the I, offer, right? Weirdly, I think. Do does do all the Stanford grads that run Silicon Valley and Apple I mean, feel like they owe it to the Pac-12 to keep them afloat? Because as of right now, I don't see that as of any value to Apple. And also, Apple is currently getting fleeced on their MLS deal. They are doing everything but trying to form their own free TV station to put that stuff out on because no one is watching MLS on Apple TV. Based on all reports. Uh, just based on this conversation, the Pac-12 is dead. Yeah, I just... It's hard to believe... It's, it seems like charity that, to me for Apple to do that for, for the Pac-12, if it's that much per school. But that's not, that's not enough Now to, he's... When I, I say think dead, he's saying... They're, they're the Pac-12, but it's not going to be... I mean, they got $37 million yeah. in payouts from 2022. I think what he's... Per, I, I per believe... And correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's saying... Half linear TV, half Apple. 50-50. Which would lead to $25 million per school. He thinks they could get to that with both. Which maybe that's doable, but I I don't even know. I mean, Apple is a business I mean, too. No doubt. They're just not and handing it, out money like a charity. And we're not saying it's Conference USA. Conference USA is paying less than a uh, – every university gets less than a million. Like So it, it's it's vastly different. But in the grand scheme of big business college football – the Pac-12 is not relevant. It's it's like watching based on this. It's like watching a market. When I think about the Pac-12, there is a lot of value there in the schools that are left. The problem is the uncertainty, and when there's shakiness yeah. afoot, and people don't think that your market is sound, then no one's going to want to pay for it. And that's where and it's a lack of confidence in I, the continuity of the Pac-12 moving forward. I, that's their biggest obstacle. I also don't know what's real and what's not because the Big Ten is propping up $100 million, right, per yeah. school. But apparently that's not the case either based on the media rights. I don't know what's, what that number actually is versus what is being touted. It's like, it's like a contract in the NFL. Yeah, we got a lot of good info there from Jim Williams. But I also almost feel like Matthew McConaughey and Wolf of Wall Street des describing the markets right now. You're gonna With all this money, the... Bang your chest? Yeah, but, you know, he's just like, it's just air. It's all, uh, he's making up words, you know. What is it? It's not... He whistles. You're, you're selling them on an idea that doesn't even exist. The money's <laughs> not even real. 
We just move things around here and there. That's what all these media rights deals kind of feel like right now. What's going on behind the scenes at USC with Mike Bone, their AD, who resigned right at the perfect time? The perfect time is Friday at rush hour. And that's when they announced that their AD was stepping down. What's up with that? We discuss it next on Hot Mike. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Chad, um, Mike Bone resigned as the AD at USC. It was right at closing time on Friday. Closing news news time. dump time uh, last Friday. Dockich asked me about this on Monday, and I said, look, based on how it was all relayed, there's something behind the scenes going on with this. It's not health related. They would have said something. He well, would have released he, a statement. He said his his statement on it mentioned health, but but it did not allude specifically to a singular. He just said something like, "This is the right time with my health, my family, to get out of the game." In his in his, you know where I'm coming statement. from. This. That you clarify that if you're the university or anyone involved in this. It's peculiar. It's it's peculiar, but I don't know. I can't rush to too much judgment only because, look, if it's just a I'm stepping away and here's the reason why I'm retiring so, or there's a legitimate health reason why, I would think you hold a press conference and you, you do it up on a Monday morning and you talk about celebrate all the things he did, got him into the Big Ten, did all these things, made the Lincoln Riley hire, and you make a big deal out of it. When you step aside and, and sort of James vaguely allude to, to health – then it's an odd, it's an odd statement. Bronny James is about to arrive on campus, and you mentioned Lincoln Riley, and oh by the way, the National Labor Relations Board filed a complaint for unfair labor practices against the NCAA, the Pac-12, and then one specific school, Southern Cal. I can't help but think it's related in some way. Yeah, there's I, there, there's, there's something a, else. There's there. a reason. For sure. And there's there's a story there. I don't know what the, the details would end up being. But there's more to it than just, hey, I'm stepping down as the athletic director at USC. Based on where they are right now. And status if it was just a, hey, I'm I'm want to retire, you don't do a Friday afternoon news dump on no. it. No. And if you want to retire due to health, I mean, and again, it might be, I just, I'm skeptical. If it is, you do it earlier than so when, when here, it's going down right now. Here's and the, you, you're absolutely right. You do it before Friday at 5 p.m. Yeah, he, he cited health concerns. Um, here it is. It, uh, in moving on, it's an, it is important now that I focus on being present with my treasured family, addressing ongoing health challenges, and reflecting on how I can be impactful in the future. This is what Bone wrote as part of his statement. That's the one that got me, and I'm thinking, health challenges. Could be any number of things. I, I, I dare not speculate. I, I know. But when I hear things like that, you know, the mind goes a thousand different places as to what he could be dealing with. So but, but it's the Friday afternoon news dump part of it going into the weekend that 
makes it the most peculiar. But when this has happened in the past, and this is why I bring it up, you have some reporter who is receives information on the discretion of anonymity, right? By the way, Mike Bone is doing blah, blah, blah. Like it, There's some clarification to it, but it, you don't know where it came from, but we all know where it came from. The fact that there's been no follow-up on this tells me there's a deeper dive that's needed based on the announcement. It feels like he resigned instead of getting fired. I, it's weird, especially like based he was on when like they he was given it. the option, and he said, I'll resign. Bronny James announced he's going to USC, and their AD then resigns. Yeah, he says. It's weird. You know, I have been dealing with chronic headaches, so I'll cite health challenges and resign. So the ACC... Several schools want more money in their payouts, right, per year. They may be getting exactly what they want. That's next. Headlines on Hot Mike.